0: You are obviously more used to playing it while playing the acoustic or singing it. While yeah, playing it's weird the acoustic. with bass. It's weird with bass. It is,
1: dude. Because like, especially the the fast part, like yeah. The jing jing jigga jigga, ding ding jigga jigga. You know, I'm like do 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 do. Sure. You know, it's just a different approach it there. Is. You know, so bim, 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 bim,
0: bim. Do rimbims are something that I try to approximate on guitar, and it's just you. it's not the same. Only do it on bass. It Has to be only on the bass, which I makes me wonder how how's how is it to rimbim on a bass six. Ooh cuz you got your strings are closer. Strings together. are closer it's harder to kind of dig in and get the rim. You know what man, yeah, I got to be honest.
1: Rim. And we we've, we've been talking about bass sixes all week. I'm I'm bad at playing bass six. Oh, okay. Cuz it's just one I'm not used to the spacing. Mm-hmm. And two, I'm not really a guitar player, so like I don't know like a lot of the theory behind guitar. I just kind of know like the chords ish mm-hmm. and power chords and stuff. Yeah. They don't sound good with power chords really Mm-mm. to me. Um so you know, to, I'm not really a good basics player. I've played John's a bunch, yeah. and you know, I could get around on it. But if like someone was like, "Oh, you have to play this for like a whole gig for a whole thing," I'd, be, I'd have to rehearse for like a month on that. Totally. to get used. It to it. It is
0: definitely a different thing, and and I've and it's like you almost have to kind of like move it over and like I think because you're saying like power chords don't sound good. You they can only sound good at, like if you play them really sort of softly. Yes, it's like you have to be you can't really jam on it. No, you have to be really light handed with right. the, with that thing, which is totally a different approach. I mean, you can dig in for in different ways but to your point like if you're playing chords and stuff you do kind of have to have a delicate touch with well it. like
1: when i learned how to play guitar it was all on acoustic like power chords and stuff like uh-huh. basic college shit that so that's my approach on guitars so even playing the strat i have to like lighten up a little bit gotcha. and then on the basics i would have to be like way back yeah right. but i will say like you know if you know some good chords especially in like standard i mean you can pick around on that thing all day dude.
0: well dude i that's the thing i and especially for me I was thinking about this because, you know, I had that baritone, but to do my tuning in it, it's weird. It's like, I mean, I have to transpose it. I can, I can do the same intervals, but it won't be the same notes. Right. But right. if I did, if I got a bass six, that's in between, I can just do straight CG, CG. Yeah. And it'll just take an that. octave down and it'll yeah, work. Right. And so that, that's kind of why I'm like, okay, I should, I should have one of those around. Were you surprised how much it sounds like kind of almost like a P bass
1: when it's just, when you're playing on like just the first string, like low, did you do any of that? Like, try to play yeah, like a bass line. Yeah, right? I
0: remember, because I at I me mean, you know, I played a bunch of yeah. them, and we had some real, we had some old ones, and we had some custom shop stuff, and yeah. the, I could never quite make it sound as, like, I don't know, I, to me, it, it never really sounded like a P-Bass. It sounds like a bass, yeah. but I never got that, like, full, big, bottom-end, round, yeah. round thing. Which is understandable, because the strings are, like, half the size. Yeah.
1: But the, uh, yeah, that's the first thing I noticed when I played John's, that like, the pre-CBS one, and maybe it was just the those old pickups or something. I don't know. But we plugged that right into the Ampeg bass amp, mm-hmm. took the bass out, and just plugged that directly in. Whatever settings we didn't fuck with it, and it was just like very like I thought P bassy, like very like doom doom doom. You know, just that not as round and not quite as much bottom yeah. end, but like enough where you'd be surprised. Like totally, and you sound- could boost it in, in a, in a cup oh for yeah that too. It sounded more like a bass than it did like a
0: guitar on the low strings for yeah. sure. Which is why they're they're a wonderful thing. And yeah, god, sleeping deepers. So expensive right now. So crazy. My gosh. I
1: wish I I was trying to think about this the other day. And I think I've told you this before. But like, you know, I bought and sold one pretty quickly because mm-hmm. I bought one locally and I flipped it immediately on reverb. And I think I made like three hundred bucks. I think I sold it for a thousand and I Which bought it for like seven hundred like, like six hundred. Right. And I got it on Craigslist. So I didn't pay tax and all that. So I got and no shipping because mm-hmm. I went and picked it up. So if I would have hung on to it until now that people are asking two grand, which I don't think people are really paying two grand for those are for they? the Mexican I mean, pawn yeah, shop. That's ones.
0: They're more or asking more than that. Well, they're asking. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which is probably fair, then you know, to be like, oh, I'm asking twenty three. Here's two thousand.
0: Yeah, that's right. They're twenty five, $25, 23 It's but, so weird. But then
1: I was thinking about it, and that was four years ago. Would it have been worth hanging on to this long just to make an extra like probably four hundred bucks or something?
0: No, at the time you you're, yeah. you used that three hundred for something that you yeah. needed for, so that's perfect. But I do
1: feel bad about selling that thing so quickly
0: because it was cool. I played it for a while, like like, and it was the one that had the like jazzmaster pickup in the bridge. It's got
1: um, it's a it's a P90, or it's a jazzmaster pickup. You're right, not a P ninety, yeah. but a jazzmaster pickup. In the bridge and then, and then the two, two single coils, yeah. like which are the standard for that. So, but that, those are really well made too, man. Of I course. Say. Now I haven't played the Squire one, the one that that. No, but I
0: haven't either. But people seem to really love them, including yeah. Shelby, who I talked to about them specifically. Oh, so not he didn't bring it over. Ago. He was just
1: talking about it.
0: He because he brought my Aria, he didn't bring it with him. Right. He, he's like, I kind of regret that decision, but yeah. it was one I made. I was like, you yeah. could have brought two guitars. It's fine. So
1: that's why you were gassing over it because you texted me the next morning. You're like, I want a bass six now, and I was like, oh, you must have brought it over or something. <laughs>
0: Dude let's start an episode of the show. What do you think? Didn't we start? start? Um, All right. I don't know. It It feels like we've been talking for a while, but we never even did the thing. All right. Gearbuds podcast. Episode 165. Gearbuds podcast. I'm Henry. That's Dave. Hello. This is our show that we make once a week and this is our time to do it this week so let us do it 165 i like that number a lot me too it's a very strong even though i don't typically like odds i do like the fives 65 was my football number and i
1: probably said that in episode 65 but did. also i will say it for episode and I, and I
0: bet i said i was in varsity <laughs> at least number 68 because we're both we'll line there. <laughs> and uh here we go let's dive in symphony of corrections let us do this thing here's your weekly reminder that cables, cables are tone tubes are tone tubes we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us nail stuff like that. Follow us on the stuff. Subscribe on the stuff. Email us the stuff. GearBudsPodcast at gmail.com. It exists. You can use it. Maybe we'll talk to you on it. And if you reach out, well, maybe we'll shout you out on the show sometime. Sure. Uh, I don't remember why, but our buddy G.O.B. Oh, you know what? He might have uh, our buddy G.O.B. reached out on the Instagram. I think he uh, might have started that Sex Pistols series that you Dave's docket. Nice. I, uh, I mentioned that. hope well. he's enjoying it I or hope enjoyed so it or whatever. And uh, I really enjoyed
1: it. I've been recommending it to a lot of people.
0: And have has that, have you got any 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 watchers? No, yet? a lot of people are just like, "Okay, I'll check it out." Yeah, And they they know. I got to rewatch Scrubs. Uh, shout out stuff. Okay, cool. Here we go. Let's dive into some some news type deals and updates uh did you see this metallica musician news no and i will say this i want to preface the
1: episode by saying yeah. you're gonna have a lot of information for me so i've been working so much i haven't even been like cruising the internet as much as i like to so this is great yeah so we, this honestly, is gonna be like we a don't surprise. have like a
0: main topic or anything to talk about we just because there's so much gear that's cool. been coming out and even just like post nam even right before going to press i found out about something new great uh so we've just got a lot of gear to talk awesome about this week uh here we go i'm getting some f- man it's like really bright and nice but it's also like getting some crazy glare over what did uh what, here. what's metallica up to dude metallica has partnered with Yousician, uh, which is a service that i guess does video interactive lessons and such cool. <clears throat> i believe it's for all sorts of instruments i haven't really looked into it too deeply beyond this metallica news yet but uh basically the deal is metallica has partnered with them and they have three guitar focused video courses on riffs lead and rhythm where they actually show you how to play real a bunch of real metallica songs the dudes
1: in the band show you
0: james heffield and kirk hammett themselves show you how to play all the a bunch of hits it's let's see here we go the and i'll and i i'll say that this this list is pretty good but there is one song that kind of stood out in a goofy way to me i'm just gonna go through the list Okay, here we go. can I, uh,
1: Let me guess the weird ones. Oh, when you're I, done.
0: I have no doubt you're going to be okay. able to pick it out of this of this haystack here. Enter Sandman. Nothing else matters. One, Master of Puppets. And they even, they make sure to say that they show you the real way to play it. So I'm, I'm guessing that means that... Their tuning and... Like, well, not even just their tuning, but that probably means that a lot of the tabs and quote-unquote official transcriptions over the years might not be sure. quite right. Uh, but I'm going to continue the list. Fade to Black. Welcome Home Sanitarium. The Unforgiven, Battery, Mama Said, and For Whom the Bell Tolls. What's Mama Said? <laughs> Is that a stone song or something? Mama Said. It's a super Yarly ladder or mid ladder era Metallica song that honestly, I have no idea why that of all of their later songs. Yeah. Not like Fuel or something. right? Like Mama Said. Or like even the Bob Seeger one. Their their version of Tuesday's gone.
1: Oh no, it's um, or no, wait,
0: yeah, that's Bob Seger. Right. No, that's no, that's, that's Skinner. Uh, Skinner. Yeah, it's um, oh, damn it, what is it? Oh, uh, there I go. Yeah, turn, turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Exactly. No, we, we got Mama said. So, okay. Well, maybe, um, maybe it's a good song. Either right? way, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, they've kind of done this gamification thing, which is which is interesting and and i think good for learning especially drawing younger folks into the instruments and such right Mm -hmm. now uh but they also do this sort of ai technology thing that they've patented that somehow i don't know they it like it adapts itself to your playing and such oh so like maybe you run through an interface and it can tell if you're i don't know i don't know this is just i this is just what they're, they're saying about it i haven't been able to use it yet Uh, But there's also – and this is – I made sure to note this because this, I think, is fucking awesome, and I spent a lot of time working on this specifically myself in my younger days because there was also a specifically created primer on downpicking from James Hetfield, who most guitarists will know is – we all pretty much agree that he's just the best down picker of all cool. time. And so uh, it's undoubt. And, and according to this article, I believe, in Guitar World, they called him the un- undoubtedly the most qualified man in the world on the subject. Wow. Uh, so he, James said, I've always been infatuated with rhythm and syncopation. I basically play drums on guitar. Probably the most important thing is down picking. Here's the coolest part. Okay. You can try it for free for seven days or right now they're running some sort of deal where you can subscribe for an entire year for 97 bucks, Damn, which is not that much cheaper than 10 bucks a month. You know,
1: that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. I mean, we always go back to talking about how when we had to learn songs, it would be like. Pause the CD and, like, rewind it or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, they didn't... I think they might have had, like, the slow motion things that you could do, like, the looper. Those Tascam
0: trainers, yeah, yeah, yeah. But which I always wanted but never had. I have. never had
1: one. Uh-huh. Um, but those were just coming out when, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, after I kind of started learning. So it's just funny. Now you can... I mean, basically see the artist in front of you playing it for you. Quite literally. They're like, Here, so cool.
0: here's Master of Puppets, people. I am James Hatfield. I wrote this. I love that, man. I hope more art- artists start I think those. it's pretty cool, yeah. too. And uh, I'm going to check it out because it's, it was a free trial, so why not? This I thought was interesting. This is a little bit outside of the gear world and more sort of into the uh, mechanics of buying gear world because I just saw that. Uh, PayPal has created a new system called PayPal Pay Monthly uh, and it's basically for purchases between one hundred dollars and $10,000 you can split the cost across monthly payments of between 6 and 24 months oh, so it's like PayPal.
1: a PayPal credit card type thing I kind
0: of yeah hmm PayPal themselves so now if you're making a big old reverb purchase it's see and I haven't seen it through reverb specifically but I wonder how that works if you use PayPal so it's basically what they said is if you select this pay monthly option mm-hmm. you'll complete an application if you're approved you'll be able to select from three payment options with different time frames okay. yeah there's an APR that's calculated on risk it'll be zero or it'll be 30 but you have to pay it off through PayPal it's not like it goes into your bank account or something like right. that. right it's the first payment is due a month after purchase and one thing that I read is it sound they said that they're not gonna charge any late penalties, but I just don't really no. understand how that works. No way. I don't. That doesn't seem right, right? I don't believe. But it. it's. But they specifically said that. Okay. And I and I was thinking about it, and it really to me because I had just watched the Apple. What I don't think it was their developer conference. I watched some Apple launch, and they announced they're doing uh, through Apple Pay. They're doing something called Apple Pay Later, which it's basically the same exact thing. And I think PayPal jumped on this to get out in front of Apple, who's releasing it via their phones within the next like, several months. Okay. That's my little two cents on it. But interesting, it was just very interesting to me that PayPal is something that we use all the time, especially yeah. in Reverb now. Like, you can I think you can only use PayPal. Financing. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I thought it was. I thought I had a credit card linked in there, but I can't remember. I'm not sure. I me mean neither. No, I definitely.
1: I I always no, just had my PayPal. I've,
0: I have both. I have PayPal okay. and, my, and just like my credit, credit card, card nice. as well, now that I think about it. Uh, last thing for the symphony here, I just needed to mention because we've been I feel like this is this is a, a thread that we've been tugging on for a while now and that is artists selling off their, their goods. Okay. Uh which is specifically their rights of their songs. Uh, I saw Justin Timberlake is the most recent. I think I saw that. For yeah for a a Hun-B Mill. A hundred million dollars for all his songs, which I looked into it, and of course, does not include in sync songs because he yeah. he was not the, yeah. soul or even I think I, don't I think know the, uh, that manager owned like all those songs. I think that's how that went. Perlman. Yeah. Ron Perlman. Yeah. No, Ron Perlman's the <laughs> Hellboy <laughs> actor. Yeah. Not Lou Perlman. There it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, but it's approximately two hundred songs that he wrote or co-wrote, including "Sexy Back," Mirators, and "Can't Stop the Feeling," uh, just to name a few. Um, but he didn't write "Bye Bye Bye," so that's cool. That I long.
1: mean. The way I see it is, he's probably made enough off that already. Let's get the lump sum, and I'm sure he's still allowed to like perform them and stuff like
0: that. You, you would know. have to think that he has, yeah. The, yeah, the the ability to perform those, and make money off that, but yeah. not not the mechanical royalties from publishing rights any longer. I've always been Hypnosis a, got him.
1: I've always been a big fan of Justin.
0: Yeah, me too. He's I think fantastic musician. Nice. Just love that he's just yeah, so talented. Like he's a, nice he's the Harry Connick Jr. of our generation. I think so.
1: That's a good good comparison.
0: Well, David, it's time for our favorite ses- session every month, every week, every day, whenever you listen to this show, and that is the time when I get to say my two favorite words, and those two um, words are days, dogs. Those two words are days, What do you got? Are you a fan of Big Star? Ooh. I'm a fan of one or two Big Star albums specifically. There's only three. There it is. So I, and by the way, the third one is, well, we'll get into it. It's okay. Wild. Well, that it's would wild. be why. Yeah. So yeah, I do know those records pretty um,
1: well. So I watched Big Star, Nothing Can Hurt Me, which is on Amazon. But by the time you listen to this, I think it might be like the last day. Yeah. You know, Amazon now has the thing where it's like, we'll be, we'll be removing this, which yep. I really appreciate Me that too. they do that.
0: Yeah. Like a little fire under your behind. Because I was trying
1: to find one to watch and I was like, you know what?
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna watch i that. think so, i watched that a long time ago
1: yeah it's from 2012 yeah. and i i also watched it a long time ago well well before the days of Dave stones mm. um so i thought it'd be a fun one to do because i yeah. didn't really remember it that's great um tell us about big star so first of all super underrated band yes cu- huge cult following super underrated songwriters i would say absolutely and uh production was very very yeah. underrated as well that's that's a good call i they, agree. I mean, when they came out with these albums that they recorded themselves. They had an engineer, but they did all the mixing, they did all the overdubs. Okay. Yeah, um, tell us
0: about that. I don't really I don't think I really I So uh
1: so Alex Chilton was the singer of the Box Tops. Which Full was name. uh uh Barbershop my baby, Quartet. My baby just wrote me a letter. Well she wrote me a letter and she didn't dance about me. Okay. Huge song in the okay. in the early sixties Yes, mid 60s. That's right. So he was on. So he was just like he was 16 years old when he wrote that. Song. I don't know if he wrote it, but he sang vocals mm-hmm. on it. The first song he ever sang on a microphone was that song in the studio. They go. They start going on tour as the box tops. 250 gigs in one year. They instantly burn out. Yeah. He they they break up by like 1968 or something like that. Well, along comes this other guy. Can you imagine
0: so, you're already uh, like a com- a, a, com- a burnt out road dog after when, you're at the age of 18. 18? Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, and they talk about that because like he ends up you know going kind of crazy later in life like. Mm. But so then there's a, uh, there's another, uh, so what I liked about this doc was it kind of reminded me of dig. Cause you have these oh, two characters
0: digging on my heartstrings. Dig is man. one of my God, favorites.
1: I Love it. Because you have these two characters and
0: you, it's Alex Chilton and who's the Chris other, Bell is Chris the Bell. other
1: singer songwriter in the band. Now Chris Bell actually found the rest of the members. He kind of started the band and then they kind of knew of Alex. He was, I think from the same hometown cause they're from Memphis mm. and he was like, you know, he's done with the box stops. Let's get him in the band. And but Chris Bell had the vision, he had this, uh, he had the ideas for the band, he kind of knew what he wanted the band to sound like. He already had access to, um, the studio, which was a famous fucking studio, which still is a famous fucking studio, Ardent Studios. Okay, sure, down in Memphis. Yeah. Huge, I mean, Zeppelin 3 was recorded there, I guess, or parts of it, I don't know, but yeah. like it's one of the credits. Um, so he's so he had access, so he was friends with this the The guy who ran the studio, they were all the same age. We're talking like 17, 18 year old kids. Wild. And they just had access. So, and basically, our.
0: Uh, so it was. Arden? It was not very long after box tops that he this band got. Yeah, big it was Star like two years.
1: Together. Yeah, exactly. So I think they were together in like '70, and they released their first record in '72. Mm-hmm. But check this out: they had full access to the studio because they were just friends with the guy who owned it. The guy who owned it. Um. So Stax Records was another big record label. Sure. And they merged with Arden. So Arden, so Stax Records was sending people like Booker T and the MGS and like all these like major like label bands over to the studio where this kid's like I don't even know like how to use half the shit. Oh, he turned this
0: desk out? Yeah, like
1: he only knew how to do his own stuff, you know, and like but it made, they made it work obviously. Yeah. So whenever the studio wasn't being used, uh, Chris Bell and the and the other two guys, the drummer and the bass player, uh, Jody Stevens on drums and Andy Hummel on bass. Um, we're able to just go in there and mess around, play with tones. Jimi Hendrix was big at the time. We're talking 1968 and 69 mm-hmm. Hendrix, you know, um, the yardbirds, like all these sounds that people were getting at the time, they were really into not the technical aspect, just sonically how to dial and in I was these say,
0: because n- none of those bands that you mentioned to me, like, I don't hear that in big star at all. They were, the, no. they were just this like original power pop thing. Totally. Let's put a little pin in this for a second. I want to ask mm-hmm. your, um. You mentioned, I've never, I realize I've never thought about bass in sure. Big Stars music. Is it, is the bass good in Big? Like, I'm yeah. sure you've listened to it at this point. Like, did you pay attention to the bass at yeah, all? Like, I don't so know if it's any good. The
1: nice thing about the doc is if you're a fan, you'll recognize all the songs because they play, um, it's not live versions, it's like the studio versions of the songs. Yeah. And people talk about some of the songs in depth. And you can hear the bass very well in a lot of the songs. Mm. And it's, it's a really nice, like, picked bass, punky tone. Uh, I, I dig it man, Hell yeah. for sure. Yeah. Kind of a, you know, kind of a Paul McCartney ish tone, you know, that sure. kind of like flat woundy pick tone. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that was fucking cool. They end up getting Alex, they start this band and they, over a year they're kind of doing, I think they're doing like demos and stuff, but they're rehearsing, not at the studio, they're rehearsing in this house. They come into the studio and they bang out the whole record in like a few days. hmm. Um, they play it all live and then they do overdubs and Chris Bell again was like doing all the overdubs or at least like engineering all the overdubs other people were playing on it and stuff Um, then they get fucked. They uh, they go to release this record. Rolling Stone gets a hold of it. They have a manager at the time, and they send him the demo. So, wait, so okay,
0: the the na- what's the name of the record? Ra- it's there's because there's I remember it's they got releases <laughs> two. It's like okay, two things do. in one. It's called Number One Record. Number One Record, yeah. and then they released it. The next one was called Radio City. Number One Record, Radio City. Thank you. And okay. those are the two main ones.
1: Yeah. And the third one I forget. It's called like Sisters or something weird like that, but um, which we'll get to because it's mm-hmm. it's super weird. But they uh, so they yeah so Chris is just doing like he's like the mastermind behind it. Rolling Stone gets a hold of it and they say and it it does sound beautiful, man. I actually want to get it on vinyl, Mm -hmm. um, but I went and listened to it on Spotify and they played a lot of it through the film. It's mixed beautifully, man. The tones like the vocals are just right up front. The guitar just sounds incredible. There's a lot of acoustic on it. And um, Rolling Stone says it's one of the greatest albums we've ever heard. Rolling Stone magazine. Mm -hmm. Like Ben Fong Torres.
0: Huh? Ben Fong Torres. Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah.
1: And and, and they're like, okay, we're going to be fucking huge. And all these reviews are talking about Alex Chilton because he had already had, you know, sure. a career and yeah. people knew who he was. Well, Chris Bell is like, "This is crazy. Like, I, I'm the, ba- I'm the mastermind." Yeah. Like, and his ego kind of got in the way. So he gets all fucked up. He takes a bunch of pills. He goes into the studio. He starts erasing the masters. Oh my god. Yeah, and like you know, because they they put this record out, but they didn't press that many copies of it, and they weren't under distribution yet or anything. They had just kind of sent it out to magazines to get hype. And he starts erasing the fucking masters. He goes in ODs and like ends up in the hospital, quits the band. He's done. That was his story. He's like, he's only in the band for like a year. Wow. Um, well then Alex is like, all right, we got to keep the band going. Let's do a trio thing. So they get it going. Then they start recording the second record, which is called, um, it's not Ra- Did I say radio city? Yeah. Uh, that might not be correct. It's I thought it was. Oh, it is called radio yeah. city. Oh, because the term at the time was like, if something was a bummer, it'd be like bum city, man, you know? And so radio city was the idea that like, this is our radio. People would be like, this is radio city. Like this is a fucking radio album. Wow. They're like, there's no way the radio is going to deny us of this one. Mm-hmm. And they sent it out. And just again, it like kind of flops. Like there's no distribution. The rec. Okay. So then they're on Columbia records at that point. Cause Stax records merges with Columbia to do this huge deal. They go to New York, they're schmoozing with the owner of, uh, uh the owner of Columbia records, uh, Cliff. Uh, Clive Davis. Clive Davis. Thank you so much. And they're like, all right, cool. This is going to be great. We're on a fucking major record yeah. label. You guys are going to send out millions of copies of this thing. And he-, he goes to jail or gets in trouble under indictment for like misdistributing money throughout the company. Oh, they shut down. They they close their they basically have to cut all their corners and stacks is one of the companies that goes out. All these records were just sitting in a fucking warehouse like melting under the sun. Basically. Oh, no. So the second record does not come out. So then Alex is like, well, fuck this. I'm like done. I'm going to join up with, um, he starts like really hanging out with like very eclective people. The bass player leaves. He wanted to go to college. He's like, I was already on the fence about this mm-hmm. whole thing. This obviously is cursed. We're not getting through this. They go to make Third Sisters, which is really avant-garde. They team up with this guy named Jim Dickinson, who was uh, from Mississippi. He was like this kind of like hung out with like freaks and like kind of horror, kind of this horror, like music, like avant-garde, like really weird noises music mm-hmm. kind of like approach and they they hire this crazy like piano player who's just like he's he obviously knows how to play but he's just playing like nonsense mm-hmm. and they're and they just start tracking they're like we're not even doing rehearsals we're just making up songs Oof. on the spot they're drug induced and alcohol like mm-hmm. all this stuff and alex he's loving it because he's like this is the furthest thing away from like big star but it's still under the big star name it obviously that record doesn't do very well mm-hmm. uh that one's called third sisters uh, so that got fucking weird. And then it kind of breaks off into like the dichotomy part What I was talking about where it follows both of their stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Bell moves to Europe. He tries to work with, um, Emmerich, uh, Jeff Emmerich, mm-hmm. you know, revolver. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant peppers. And I don't think it works out. He doesn't get signed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So he comes back to the States. And at the same time, um, Alex is like, I'm going to start doing like, you know, this is now like late seventies. So like punk is coming in he uh he produces the cramps first record oh cool so he sees them live and he's like i've got to produce you guys you guys are crazy and they showed some footage of the cramps and like you know we just talked about the sex pistols last week mm-hmm. the cramps were off the fucking wall oh yeah they were like they were there's the one guy who was talking about it and he's like they were just literally ghouls because <laughs> <laughs> like, they were they show them and they like one guy's got like chicken bones around his neck and like just creepy fucking uh. band you know the singer's thriving you know he's like rolling around on the stage and shit so anyways he gets really into that shit yeah um the best analogy of it, and they kind of, you know, it's a longer movie. It's like two hours, which is kind of like this doc, the stock review right now. <laughs> but they talk about in the beginning. There's a quote that he's like, he's like, this band was like a letter that got lost in the mail, and then someone finds it like ten years later. Well,
0: yeah, because I mean, uh, now they're they. I feel like they get their their credit. They get their just. Dues. They majorly get their credits, dude. So they
1: get in, So they have. So EMI released the record somehow. I don't know, but it was blowing up over in Europe on EMI and UK and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So uh, they influenced Elliott Smith, REM, The Replacements, and Cheap Trick, which a lot of people don't know. The '70s show, the opening yeah, theme sure. song is a Big Star song, but, but Cheap Trick by, recorded it yeah. and re and re kind of totally arranged it. But um, Cheap Trick, huge fans of them, so they, they inter- and they're interviewing all these guys, like you know Michael Stipe and like some of these guys, and just like yeah, they were such an influence, you know, at the time to us and all that. stuff. I remember so. being
0: very confused listening to that number one record, Radio City, for the first time and hearing that song, be like did not know this was a real song yeah. also it sounds different but They're it's like, kind
1: of the same hanging out around the th- yeah. yeah
0: it's just uh it's a little different uh
1: anyways alex is still like fuck you we're not reuniting like i know we have fame now fuck this like i'm so far away from big star i don't care because he's not under the big star name since like for the last like 13 years mm-hmm. or something then in 93 he's like all right fuck it you know we'll rejoin so they get the original drummer and the uh, second bass player and they get back together and they do a tour I guess and they play some shows they're supposed to do South by Southwest in 2010 and he passed away the week before they were supposed to play <laughs> I feel like I remember that Which happening is yeah. coincidentally not to make this about myself but it was the one time I, I got to perform at South you by you were playing that year it was that year and I don't recall this ever yeah. happening and stuff but uh, so what was actually cool what they did that weekend instead the, the drummer and the bassist were like dude fuck this like we're still gonna play and anybody who wants to play and cover alex's songs whether they're big star or his solo stuff mm-hmm. just come up and and of course chris Bell's songs too and i think he had chris bell had passed away a few years before that um he you know he's part of the 27 club which i didn't know that i didn't know, i yeah, didn't know he that. got in a car accident at 27 and i think he kind of doesn't get mentioned a lot when they talk about Kirk yeah Habe it's alex Chilton plus
0: but alex chilton gets all the press maybe because <clears throat> he carried the banner for the whole time yeah he
1: kept it going yeah chris yeah. bell was only in the band for a year um and tried to do a solo thing it didn't work out but it was really cool how they do these tribute shows and they kind of wrap up the doc by like showing these tribute performances and like clips of them you know not the whole thing mm-hmm. or anything so it actually went by pretty fast um i will say this some pretty good gear spots yeah what you got well you you got to watch it be at least the beginning like half because there's so much vintage recording gear that they're showing like close up pictures of and i don't know half mm-hmm. the shit like tape machines and mixers and like some of the original like multi-track recording systems, which are like, they look like giant VCRs stacked on top of each other. Dude, I want to see that. So cool. Um, A lot of high watt amps. They were big high watt band. Oh, wow. Okay. Didn't see that one coming. Did not at all. The studio, I believe it was the studio they recorded at or maybe where they did their overdubs had the first Mellotron that was ever in the United States. Wow. And they, they mentioned that. So that was pretty cool. They had something else that was George Harrison's. It was some keyboard or something. Uh, at the time. Right. So there was just a bunch of cool gear, uh Thunderbird bass, Strat was a big guitar um in there. So Borf, I'm just kidding. I know, right. Um but I fucking loved I it, man. Keyty. I definitely it went by for it went by quick for 2 hours. Um interviews with the people that lived it, they told the story. Um, and yeah, I think I want to, I, I got to get number one album on vinyl. I, I mean, it's just do too. the way it's supposed to be heard mm-hmm. is kind of the way that you got to listen to it. So, uh, big appreciation. How for, many, uh, for number one me. records do you give <laughs> <laughs> I gave it eight out of 10 big stars. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Really good. Man. I mean, it was, it was, I don't know. I liked it. It was, uh, it wasn't my last choice or it wasn't my first choice. I was going to watch something else. And then I was like, you know, what? there's only four days left on this thing. I love that. But next week I won't be able to watch or I'll have to pay it, mm-hmm. you know, pay for it. So I'll, I'll get it for free on Prime.
0: Well, I would have I made the same choice, my brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three things I wanted to say. Let's see if yeah. I can remember what they all were. One, just excellent review as always. Thank you.
1: I tried to go quick, but it felt like you did it was great.
0: I, I really love the depth and the, and the angles that you take and all the gear spotting, of course. Uh, two, mm, I think I forgot two, but three, uh, there is a Clive Davis Documentary
1: is there on the Flicks of Net. I wonder if they go into his indictment. And I would have to imagine. So maybe you'll throw that. <laughs> it on the seemed old, like it was a big part list. of that story because I think the company like shut down for a while when that happened. So
0: they had to cut all their all their branches off. So I don't know, we gotta watch the documentary and find out. Yeah, maybe I will. Good one, buddy. Thanks, buddy, Thanks for doing that. Well, let's get into some future gear. Uh, nope or dope, buck or yuck. First of all, I just want to say I noticed. Have you seen uh, there was an article on Reverb? uh I think we might have talked about it because there's this. Uh, this guy that has a studio right down the street that we never seem to have heard of called classics studio yes and and they did an interview with him centered around the reverb my collection feature mm-hmm. which is something that we sort of talked about haven't really heard anything about but it seems like this guy put all of his stuff on there yeah. so i'm not sure if he was if he had actually done it on his own or if they decided to talk to him to get to it but either way he's recorded a lot of quite the client amazing yeah. um, like every cool rapper ever and it's i mean also just literally a couple blocks walk distance yep. away from here right now which I, and, and I didn't even know right there, that it man. was there yeah i love that so uh it makes me it did, i'll be honest it made me kind of want to use the my collection feature and just like spend the time to do it but i just have so much so much stuff and i would like to just yeah. upload an, a, a spreadsheet of it let me do the spreadsheet upload folks
1: i, I did a side tangent I, I think i told you but i did that survey they sent me about what do you think ah, about our, i forgot what, what do they call it our trade for cash trade whatever just it, it's just selling overall just i selling. was like you know, and we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but I was just like, well, you should just change the name. That was kind of my only yeah. feedback. I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think there's a lot of studios and people out there who want to just get rid of a boss pedal for, you know, maybe lose a few bucks on it, but they yeah. pay for shipping and it's all that. You it don't seems, even have so. to take
0: a photo of it.
1: Yeah. They just take it. So that's cool.
0: Yeah. I, su- I support that feature. Uh, you know what else I support? Hot off the presses just before we went to tape here in mm-hmm. GearBud's studio mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. Our good buddy, the Rig Doctor, our former guest, I believe on episode 50, I want to say, which we did remotely because we were in the Rona times, uh, the Rig Doctor, Mason Marangella, purveyor of vertex electronics or whatever it's vertex effects, came out with an amp. What? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Uh, If you want a D style, they're calling it, which we can say Dumble because we're not writing copy for our piece of gear <laughs> uh, if you want a dumble style amp you might want to check out the vertex effects doctor's special and i love that it's called the Doctor's special by the yeah, way yeah me too uh, it's a combo loaded with a 12 inch slush heritage g1265 great speaker uh, it's a hand-wired 50 watt combo and it is designed to be basically a sort of steel strings Singer, kind of super clean. Kind of a, just a good platform for John Mayer, yeah. SRV kind of. Pedal platform amp.
1: That's awesome. I mean, I would expect nothing else, right? You don't want something that's got too much flavor. It almost the has Rick to Doctor. be ready for the.
0: And uh, he also has dumbles, so he knows how to make them and what they sound like. So I'm super interested to plug in. It's uh, they're all saying that everything that I've read so far, and it, this was again half the presses. I just only got to do a little bit of research. There's everyone's saying it's the most pedal friendly all tube guitar amp you'll find. Uh, Base 50 watts, six L sixes. It yeah. has a three spring reverb tank. This isn't something it has. A, pres- a presence enhancing accent control, which I don't really know what that's going to do. Uh, and it's uh, got a solid finger joint pine cabinet covered with Tolex plus a head turning diamond grill cloth. Cool. What would you price that sucker oh. at, David?
1: Well, she ain't going to be
0: cheap. No, she ain't.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a modest, modest estimate at 2500
0: That's That's a bit low. Yeah. I would say it's it's thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, boy. Not a cheapie. and you said it's a 112 it's a 112 50 watt combo hand wired you know i I would probably put it somewhere in the like two rock kind of maybe like i was gonna say Fuchs, but like maybe that's a little bit more mass produced it's this is definitely a small boutique-y kind of deal i mean it's our buddy mason making them so it's
1: you know what that's that's a good thing because it's in the boutique world, you don't want to price something too low because then people will think it's made with cheaper components. So
0: that's a good point. You yeah, got to There is that. There is always going to be that element. Yeah, to you it. know what you're getting so uh that's just pretty exciting i, I want to cool. play it and so he mason. didn't partner with
1: anyone on it I,
0: it doesn't seem like it. Okay. it seems like he did this himself that's i mean great. i would imagine he's he the dude you know, i i love mason but i don't think i don't think he's a cabinet maker I didn't, so he's yeah. had to a he said to have partnered with someone sure, at sure. some point i'm not really sure but you know he's been selling pedal boards now too so yeah. it's like he he definitely has some at least uh manufacturing licensing type chops
1: well it's funny because i i don't know if he just like took a little break or whatever maybe it's my algorithm but i noticed he's been posting more on instagram oh interesting well like you know those just those quick rig doctor yeah. videos and stuff well uh, he's also
0: got a podcast where it's uh i can't remember what it's called now but it's him and two other pedal makers or like the pedal maker slash pedal board maker yeah. kind of rig guys uh where they just talk about rig stuff fuck yeah yeah go All right. check it out. i can't remember what it is but go check out the rig doctor and go check out this freaking amp because i want I want one. Send it to me. Yeah, please. Mason, are listening? Send it to me. I love you so much. Uh, he also had a child recently, so congratulations. Oh, congrats. Well, maybe that was the break that he he's birthed a child and a an amplifier. Oh, on congratulations, the world. Mason. Dude, we got to talk about this. We've missed it like three weeks in a row, but there's a new Siggy Gibby uh hitting the market uh, for our gal Lizzie Hale, oh, frontwoman I love this of Grammy Award-winning rock band hailstorm and Gibson's first female brand ambassador.
1: That's awesome too. Hells it, yeah. And I will say it's one of the coolest signature it's one of the coolest guitars
0: I've seen. Do you remember what it's called? The uh, bird something. It's your you you know what it is. You just it's smush the two guitars together. Bird hawk. No, what's the what's the <laughs> body?
1: The body's like an explorer body.
0: Explorer okay. bird? There it is. Is that it? The Gibson Explorer Bird okay. is a stylish mashup of an explorer body, neck, and a non-reverse firebird headstock, which, which uh, kind of wish it was reverse i'll be honest i love the reverse fiber both of works. them are both of them are kind of like it has a nice
1: balance with the uh explorer body with the
0: explorer like. body, right. i feel you uh it's available now cardinal red with 70s tribute humbuckers and it's all mahogany and this is interesting I, you don't really notice it from the photos but the neck is actually bound, but it's bound in black. Oh, that's why you couldn't really it, it just kind of looks like a standard unbound. But if Explorer. you like the feel of the bound, then that's And know. it's gonna and, and I bet it I bet in person you would yeah. notice it a little bit more. Right. Uh not too bad of a price for what it is, I would say. 24? dollars 27. Yeah. I mean, brand new Gibson for stuff. For a signature Gibson yeah. Explorer Bird. I yeah, mean, I love it. I just I couldn't it seems so kooky and off the wall, but like I I love it. I, th- mm-hmm. I It's that cardinal red just works too yeah. on that guitar. <sighs> I kind of want. Go I got. I got pretty excited Ch- about Chicago it. Chicago Music Exchange and play one.
1: Do we, I mean I feel like Gibson doesn't do this that often, where they really like come up with like a new. I don't want to say a new idea, but it's like which is kind of ironic considering the Explorer came out in 1958. Right. Yeah, so, dude. Dude. I. Yeah, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like they don't. I feel like everything they're doing is just like, oh, we've got a new signature, but it's just a Les Paul that we made green
0: with some like different
1: inlays or something Mm -hmm. like this is like a genuinely new design. At yeah, least it's, they a, took it's a mashup. A neck from something and a body from something else, which is cool.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. It's sort of like the Trini thing or like with yes. the Dave Grohl, you know, or the, where they do take the different sort of elements. And I, and and sometimes they don't work. I mean, Fender definitely does that with their what is parallel universe. Fender goes hard with the series the and all that, ideas, like alternate yeah. universe stuff. Or even
1: like the Jagstang was a crazy one when yeah, came out. Yeah, earlier on. Yeah, but yeah. The,
0: some of those go re- into real hard oh, and yeah. ugly territory. Some,
1: some are hard to look at. The torn was the tornado
0: one of them. <laughs> the torn no the tornado that that was basically that came out when we were kids and that was their that was the was the, the cyclone time. and the tornado came out at yeah. the same time. The tornado was basically the fender Les Paul. It was two yes. humbuckers, four knobs. Yes. I think it might have even been short twenty four and three quarter scale. Uh, the, the, the the there's like the meteora is a newer one. Mm-hmm. There but there were some of those where it was like a combination of like a Jaguar and and just uh, I don't even know what's the a Coronado like yeah. there's just just interesting but not my favorite uh
1: I did see something this week and I don't know if it'll be even funnier if this will make it um and maybe I should just send it to you if I can if I can even find it but in one of the groups that I'm in like one of the fender groups on uh-huh. Facebook somebody built <laughs> okay so they built like they literally built a Les Paul but it's like it's just natural wood finish but it's got the maple neck and then it has no pick guard, and then it just says Fender on
0: the top, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a three by three headstock too. Like, is it the, in the Fender script or is it in the Gibson script?
1: No, it's it's a Fender logo at the top. It's
0: hideous, dude. I love it. I
1: almost sent it to you just to like be like, you know, we've been both in and out this I week. I love so it. Yeah. It was, but I was like, oh my god. And I good luck. I mean, I don't. Know I if think I'll be that's able to funny because
0: I I like that a lot more than someone handmaking making their own Les Paul and then putting a Gibson. Stamp that's true it, that's true I mean?
1: but it was funny because it was in like the fender group and i'm sure people were like what the fuck is it's this a total troll it, he's move. like he's like uh, oh and he didn't put the uh poker chip on in the switch either but it everything else was it was Luster. completely a Luster, that's I funny mean. it was i i hated it but uh yeah you know, as a fender you're brand. more
0: of a traditionalist yeah. uh, that reminds me and i didn't even have this on here but i saw this week that there was some guitar builder in russia that uh to protest because at mcdonald's has left russia yes. you know during all this shit and to protest because he's gonna miss it, made a guitar that sort of it was like a Les Paul setup. But the body was uh, made out of french fries. Where it was like, he basically, real French fries. I don't think they're real French fries, Yeah, but they're sort of like, you know, clay things made to look like sure. French fries and then like inset in epoxy. So, yeah. but like most of the body, it was still shaped. So like it looks Alistair like you're Paul playing French fries. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like as the guitar is made out of French fries. That's, I got to cool. see that. Yeah, we might have to funny. bring that up next week. I I, 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 I might even have I'm it. I'm sure if
1: you Google French here. fry guitar, we'll be able to exactly. find it
0: pretty quickly. Be, be, be well, really you've seen the
1: find. one that's like cigarette butts. Somebody oh took God, cigarette yeah. butts
0: and then put them in epoxy. It That's- was cigarette butts and like bottle caps. And Ugh, just, yeah, like, just, it, it looks like a hangover. It
1: was it was the ashtray that somebody yeah. dumped into epoxy Ugh. and then made a guitar out of it. Yeah, it was that telecast. that one's tough to look at. I remember correctly.
0: You know what wasn't tough to look at? A new piece of Moog gear was announced. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's pretty cool, really, and pretty affordable too. David, they made a new synthesizer called Mavis. It is a powerful, patchable analog synth uh it's it's pretty compact what does mavis sound familiar a uh, mavis beacon teaches typing sure you didn't have to play that as a kid mm-hmm. oh we and in like that like we that was how i learned to type as a kid there was this program and there's like oh. hundreds of versions of it called mavis beacon teaches typing yes. and that was how i think I learned so to type. maybe
1: that was it wow Blast pass.
0: Uh, sorry to derail you just, these things head. that just live in my brain i don't know man uh it is a uh, pseudo diy which we'll come back to monophonic semi-modular synth that delivers classic moog sounds i s- s- it is pseudo diy because all the sort of core componentry, the circuit board with the pots and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff is pre-soldered okay uh, you have to put it all together with the case it's kind of cool it's kind of cool except uh I read someone write a review of the process and because it has all these patch points, which is really awesome. It has all sorts of CV patchable stuff, yeah. which you can integrate your rack. We'll talk about that. Right. Uh, you have to put like 40 of those tiny little nuts around the little eighth inch CV jacks. It sounded like that was a pretty tedious process. That's like uh, just like with a tiny little Allen wrench or something like that. I think you have to do it with your fingies. Oh, man. Yeah. But there's no soldering, you know, it's just putting yeah. a circuit board in a case. That'd be fun if you just have enough. the patience yeah. to do it. And that does contribute to the low price, which we'll come, which we'll come back to at the end. I'll make you guess, as always. It's <laughs> a single oscillator, it can morph between a saw and a square wave. <laughs> and it has an LFO, which the LFO can get up into audio range, so you can technically play two notes at a time. It's got an envelope generator and, of course, Moog's iconic four-pole low-pass filter, which is the sound of Moog synthesizers, in my opinion. Uh, there's a sample and a hold circuit. Uh, a utility section with molts a mixer and attenuator we're all for all of your cv euro rack integration uh lastly in a first for a moog synthesizer there is a wave folder which for synth nerds you might be thinking huh that's a super west coast booklet kind of thing that's not a, a moog east coast style synthesizer thing at all and friend you would be right hmm. uh, because everyone agrees that it's a it's a real strange move but super cool move because now you can get sort of weird west coast Buchla style synthesis out of Moog um, all of these can be mixed and uh, matched uh, so you can combine with external gear like I said it's a 24 point patch bay it does have a built-in one octave keyboard and we're talking about something real small here right okay like Volk sort of size sure. maybe a little bit bigger from everything i've read it sounds like the the keyboard on there is is you know it's good for maybe building a sound but like this is something you want to use with a midi yeah con, or a cv controller you right. know you want to play like a real keyboard you want to with it. it yeah um you know something like a key step or by arturia beat step whatever uh it does also it also doesn't have a sequencer or arpeggiator so like if you want to start building patterns and stuff you you're going to want an external midi controller to go with this is what I'm saying but the cool thing is that it has Euro rack in mind so I could right now with this Euro rack that I have sitting right here take that thing out of the case and just pop it right in here and power it and now it is integrated as part of your Euro rack setup that's great super awesome like I said it has all those patch points too so you don't even have to like it has sort of good utility stuff in there too so it's it's functional beyond just being the synthesizer like it would be a welcome addition to anybody's Euro rack I might which I I would
1: imagine most of the demographic people buying it would probably use it in that fashion I would
0: think I would yeah it's, it's it's portable enough where you don't have to but yeah. i absolutely agree i mean if if again it's we'll get to the price um <laughs> again i think this is kind of a special thing though because it, ha- it has the book deal uh it has a different type of sound it has it has the wave holder like i talked about uh i want you to guess mr david after all of this talk yeah how much how much does this cost 569 that's a Heck of a, guess. Was what that makes, a good guess! What made you think that? I don't
1: know. Just number popped in my head. It's a good number, three forty-nine. Oh, nice! Even, even cheaper. I love when I guess high
0: and it's always low. I love it too. It makes me excited. also. Moog Mavis gonna have to get one, and and I just so happen to have an open space sitting right here in the Euro. Where is Moog produced now? Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, that's right. I, I yeah. visited, and it is a company or a employee owned company. Very cool. Love that. Just like Taylor. Okay, we got a couple other things to talk about. Ooh, ooh, ooh! New Electro Harmonics pedal. And I thought of it what? earlier when you said the Mellotron thing because they have that series of pedals where it's like the B9, C9 organ, and there's like the M9, I think, a M- Mellotron one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they now have the String 9 string ensemble, Whoa. which has nine new synth emulations built on. I'm gonna tell you why I like these pedals, Dave, in general a lot of to do a lot of guitar synthesis stuff normally you have to do really nerdy stuff like put a midi pickup on your guitar like i got yeah, made fun do. of for that yeah, one time by that one guy at the sound guy at the sound guy at the show <laughs> and i've talked about it like 10 times on the show anyways with these pedals you don't you just plug it you just put it on your pedal board and you plug it right in yeah. and it is like 99 as good as any synthesizer i've ever had where i had to put a pickup on my guitar wow and uh here's the thing like i said it has nine synth emulations and like all the other ones there's different types on there there's um Symphonic, which is the uh, sound of a large symphony orchestra. You know, when I say large symphony orchestra, you could probably tweak it to sound like pretty clean, but this is something that's more like large symphony orchestra in a rock and roll context you okay. know what i mean uh but anyways it also it, and that one features an octave down effect on the lower range of the guitar only which is interesting there's a juno so it emulates the sound of the juno analog string synth sound there's pcm which is a sample from a vintage pcm keyboard there's floppy which is pretty cool and it emulates the sound of an or, or- Orchestron optical disc playback sampler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's ARP, which is the classic ARP Salina Strength synthesizer. Right. Oh, finally, there's also the crewman which emulates a Krummer Performer. You've heard that sound five billion times. I'm about to get to my favorite part of this pedal. This isn't which even is that, it? So, like I said, there's those six sounds, but then there's three more where they've also built in the electroharmonics freeze. Oh. So you nice. get the synth sound and you get to freeze yes. the sounds on classic there. Classic freeze, yeah. Which is super cool i watched a, a couple videos including the official ehx one and it sounds awesome i really want one i mean i love ehx man they're you my do. top three i think yeah i mean let's see red witch daredevil ehx ehx yeah. are those yours pretty much oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hard to that that is an unbeatable combination yeah. of pedal builders yeah. right there um do you have any synth pedals right now um,
1: then you might need one
0: but I can't remember. I don't think I have any right. Any rate, right. I've had a few throughout the years. I, no, I don't think I. What's on the? No, I have things that do synthesis, but I don't have any. And I, I have the Kemper, which has all the synth. Yes, yeah, of course. In there, um, and can you use an expression pedal with it? Do you think? I don't know but that's i think so i didn't see it in the demo but i feel like that would be a real neat thing to do i remember on one of this and and each one has kind of a little interesting tweak with it like one of them i don't remember which patch it was but on because there's like a sort of auxiliary knob that does different things on each patch and on one of them it's the actual small stone phase shifter sound like that electric harmonics makes them yeah when you you can just bring the small stone phaser into the sweet sound as well which is classic dude. yeah yeah and you can blend the guitar in a bunch of different ways it's i mean I these, like these pedals it, are so good i i I really i was kind of blown away You really by painted
1: yourself in a corner here but, by saying you don't have a synth pedal because now i mean this is the one right let's see here. who makes uh, a better synth
0: their effect and dry outputs i'm trying to see if there's anything about uh expression the expression but i don't yeah, see it in there maybe not then. Uh, you know what i will say i don't know better or worse but i do really like that boss for this type of thing, where it's like you don't have to use a pickup, uh, that boss synth pedal really the SY5
1: real, or whatever. SY. It's called?
0: There's a couple different yeah. ones, but yeah, that that really uh, do those. Boss? I don't know if I'd say better, but those are real good. They're they're like they've been perpetually sold out. They're like hard to get. Really, yeah. Is that the gray one? It's no, gray it's like blue. I think. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm you might be gray thinking gray. of the bass synth. Yeah, which I'd, is fine. There's a new one that came out. And remember, Nathaniel also former guest goes in the episode uh nathaniel murphy played i think he did jump yes on it that was right that was that
1: that pedal. was the boss okay yeah. got it um yeah which does nail i mean a literal synth tone um yeah but i'm such an EHS
0: expert. you are I, you maybe know. you get that when i get the boss when we compare yeah i mean
1: I've, I've got the micro synth still that i use you know all the time um so i wonder if dude, and you courses. i feel
0: like you're always you're always looking for like not to replace that necessarily, but because it's kind of like old and sort of touchy. It's, hard. it's really touchy. You want something that's a little more sort of yeah. just like it's going to be the exact same thing every time. You Which turn
1: I have it been happy with the uh, with the synth of, that I've got. I actually played it the that other is night again. such a cool. It's God. so fun.
0: We talked about that in the freaking Hot Bloods episode. You know what? It was so, so weird, man. So when I first got
1: it, I just didn't really. I was like, oh, that's it. And then I, I don't know. I just started. I stopped messing with it and I just used it. Mm hmm. And then it just came through. I don't know. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah. Like, sometimes you just need to take a little, little ear break from something and you come that's back to it was, and it's like, yeah. oh, this is fresh. Yeah. I dig rules.
1: it. And you may got to boost it a little bit, you know? And But um, yeah, I mean, I really want to hear this thing, man. That's fucking cool. Are they out yet? can A. Are they out yet
0: is always the question. I know,
1: because I'll buy one right now.
0: And it is. And it's uh, 247, and it includes a 9 volt power supply because right. Electromonks always prices the pedals really weird numbers. Sounds Yeah, I know I was going to say I
1: was like 2.99, no, they're going to do something wacky. 2.47, 2.83.
0: Uh so super cool. Very excited about that. Uh and specifically those freeze patches. Okay, two more pieces of gear we want to cover and then we'll get out of here. Uh both of them I would say involve sort of fundamental uh deviations from the norm.
1: Uh you can cut this out if you need to. Um, did you see that amp that
0: I sent you? I know you were busy on Monday. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Okay, I didn't know because we can hit it next we're week. Gonna, no, we're going to talk. That's that's the one. Because I didn't we're, do enough research on it. We're, so. we're going to close out with that one. Great. Uh, and that's the thing. There's not that much research to do because there's very little information. Okay, I thought so. But I still want to talk about it. The first one uh, is about a something that I saw from NAM that we never got to uh, from a company called I think C I A R I guitars, uh, where they brought to nam a foldable ascender custom electric guitar uh, which brought new meaning as they say to the phase phrase travel guitar Mm -hmm. because typically you know your travel guitars either they're small or maybe like they don't have a headstock or you know tuning is like at the
1: bottom at the bottom
0: this one basically you like and i'm making a motion with my hands here folks you kind of folding one hand over the other yeah so imagine the front of the guitar is the front is the is the back of your hand, mm-hmm. uh, like the the your where your knuckles are or where like the pickups and stuff are. If you fold your hand over, that's what the guitar does. It folds over at like the 12th fret, but like backwards. Right. Because they've had the folding neck guitars. Sure, but this and, and they've all had sort of like fundamental issues yeah. with them. This is the first one I saw where I was like, oh, that seems like a real guitar, and there's a lot of engineering involved. But, anyways, back then, like I said, it was the Ascender Custom. Very expensive. I think they were three thousand dollars. So it's a very high-end travel guitar. You know, wow. They're I mean they're small enough that you could throw it in a backpack.
1: Right? Yeah, and this also isn't just for like your hotel room, and then you have your other guitar. You could probably play this on
0: stage. You could probably play it. Yeah, Uh maybe. I yeah, I think so. But now there is now an even more affordable version called the Ascender Standard. Oh. Uh, and they're a San Diego based brand, I should say. So Very I think cool. they're all made in the US. USA. Uh, but this one was built in collaboration with industry legends Grover Jackson from Jackson Guitars and Joe Glazer. It's Two, I mean, of the biggest names in like the history of guitar design. So they brought That's them a good on start. board. Yeah. And they made it more affordable. So I want you to guess. Now that I, you know, that the baseline was three thousand. What yeah. what what number do you think I'm I think excited like about? Twelve
1: hundred would be a nice. price. That would have been
0: a nice price. It's eighteen hundred bucks. Okay, uh, they're still very expensive, but still. Uh, you say a lot of technology goes. into A lot of technology it. into these things, but and they sort of redesigned it, so it's a fresh new look. They redesigned the body and the headstock. It also has a redesigned folding system, which the first one was robust and very good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying that they've actually. Increased the stability and usability while reducing the weight so wow. win win win.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh Did you see any demos of it like
0: being played? I did yeah, absolutely. It sounds good plays good Yeah, what kind I of pickups it, are they using I, the one that I saw just humbuckers in. Okay. It. I don't remember I don't know specifically what they are honestly yeah, sure because uh, I was mostly focused on that like fol- the folding mechanism it's this it's a, a They call it a mid neck hinge And it works alongside a throttle-style actuator that loosens or tightens the electric guitar strings prior to folding. So that takes care; you don't have to like detune all stuff. It just like does it for you. Right. Um, And then when collapsed, it measures a minuscule eighteen inches in length. That's cool. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Fits under your seat.
0: Yeah. So I was excited about that because it's it's you know future gear, uh, interesting ways to solve problems that we all have using some new Mm -hmm. engineering. And uh, I'll probably not get one because. I don't have that specific need for a travel extra guitar like that, but I think that there are actually people that do. Absolutely, that man.
1: Yeah. Um So when you unfold it, it's the full size guitar. Full size guitar. Yeah, like a yeah. short scale No, Well, uh-uh.
0: oh, interesting. That's the thing. It's no compromise. So it's like that's that's the problem I have. I have I have two travel guitars in the other room. Like, you know, I have I have those uh those remember I bought in like pieces, like a, just like a pile of pieces, and I took all of them, made one real yes. good one, and then one the, sort of broken one. With the one, speaker built in, with the speaker, so, tr- yeah. just an electric guitar with the speaker built in. Yeah. That thing actually kind of rips. Honestly, I really? love that guitar. I put a, I, I think I put a different pickup in there. I can't okay. remember. Nice. I don't know, maybe not. You should I don't know. Jam that thing out, man. Yeah, it's it's really good. Can that handle your low tuning? Oh, well, you know it does. I mean, it's like it's floppy. <laughs> you wouldn't for have days, it any other way. But yeah. that's that's exactly what it's in right now. Uh, So one more thing. And like you said, you sent me this. And then, of course, it it definitely has made the rounds because it is quite interesting. And it's actually a speaker cabinet. It's not an amplifier. Oh, okay. So Tallahassee, Florida-based company, Eminent Technology, which I want to start there. Eminent Technology. They're a cab company in the U.S. making speakers named Eminent. Not Eminence. Right. Not to be confused. That's... I just... okay. Okay. OK. They debuted what they're calling the model 20. Like I said, it's a speaker cabinet, but why are we talking about it in these hushed tones? Yes. Well, it's because it's real skinny. Yeah. It's super slim. It, uh,
1: yeah. And I mean, they got me with the article cause they were like, they think they're, they're changing the game with this thing. They
0: think it. they're changing the game. They, they're saying that it, I mean, it clearly it saves on weight and space. It's much lighter and smaller. Um, but they're also saying that it's an expanded frequency range from a standard guitar cabinet. So not only is it much smaller and lighter, but it's, it's also going to put out lower and higher content than typically you'd get out of an electric guitar cabinet. So what they're saying is that the, you know, and this is true, but the classic guitar speaker cabinet, we're talking about like 70 year old technology really with that right (laughs) Right. you know yeah yeah. it's like that that hasn't really changed it's like the electric tar came out and like oh this is like the best way to do it here's these like big ass heavy magnet speakers whatever blah 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 and uh there haven't and what comes to mind now is that so it's not it's not like there hasn't been anyone that's tried to do this before either because now that i'm thinking about it uh directly behind you there is a Yamaha amplifier. I was going to bring that up. That is flat that I own back there. That yeah. is a 6x10. What's the model? Do you remember It is the TA60. Yes. And People it has those it flat planar speakers. You can't, you can't buy them because they don't exist them. And that's from the 70s. Anywhere. That is from the 60s. Or, oh, is it really that old?
1: No. And that's actually got the amp built into it.
0: That's a full-on yeah. guitar amp. Combo amp. C- c- keyboard amp, whatever you want to yeah. run in there. But it's got built-in Which reverb. Pretty fucking thing. Oh, cool. I, love the, yeah. I love that thing. Uh but here's the deal. This one is 21 pounds and 2.5 inches thick, which that is certainly much heavier and yes. bigger than that. Again, that's an amplifier. That's a different ball game. This it is needs just a cabinet. more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it comes in at less than a quarter of the weight of a traditional four by twelve. Yet offers the same speaker cone diaphragm area via the use of electromagnetic actuators. Uh, they also say that it has less distortion, which I'm a big fan of because I do not like the sound of speaker distortion, mm-hmm. uh, less compression, and then much better dispersion of signal compared to the traditional, ca- uh, traditional cabinet, meaning it spreads the sound out in a room even a lot better than it typically would. So it's it sounds like they've solved every issue. I mean, inherent.
1: look, I'm not a scientist, and maybe we can have some of our scientist friends chime in, but
0: how? Well, it's it's an inherently different technology, and also they are saying it can go an octave Higher and lower than a regular cab is that's how they're saying it. Uh, so you know, I think about this like in the hi-fi world, those planar flat speakers are the 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 bee's knees, True. kitties, titties. Good like point. people love those things. Good point, man. So that's been around that world for a bit, and <clears throat> yeah. it's not like they're known for you know really pushing the boundaries. They're <laughs> a very sort of sure. staid or uh, old school world. So there's that. Um, also, they're all they're they're also saying that this has it makes sense that this is patented design has applications beyond guitar. So on the back of the cabinet there are three switches. Uh one for bass cut, one is clean and one is lead. Interesting. They suggest you might for instance use the bass cut and lead toggles as a lead player but opt for the full range as a keyboardist. Sure. Um so a couple issues to to mention right off the bat. It's much smaller and skinnier. So you can't really put an amp uh, I head was on just it.
1: Just thinking that you can't stack your head you on can't it. Can't put anything on there. So yeah.
0: I would say this can't put your beer on it. But David, we have been talking a lot about those amps and pedals lately. Yep. And so I think that, see that this some might be sort collide, of dude. this might be a good combination with, if you just have a pedal board rig like that. And Actually, that's a really just good run Running into one of these cabs.
1: I was just thinking that that, that would be the ultimate setup. Mm-hmm. Then.
0: It has a built in kickstand. So because it is kind of a weird, skinny shape, so it can kick back. Well, that's nice too. So you can shoot the sound up yourself. Yeah, Um, I haven't seen any demo videos. I can't. Yeah, can't find any specific uh, data about it. But maybe it's just
1: conceptual. So that's that.
0: No, they 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 claim to have built it. Okay. Uh, Here's the thing. Um, It's built in the U.S. And that's great, but uh, that means it's also going to be pretty expensive too. So yeah, one of the other issues, uh, like I said, it has a couple inherent things. Other than the fact that nobody's really played it, so we don't know if it's good or not, but we think it should be. Let's assume it is. So let's assume it is. So if if that's true, uh, we've already talked about one. You can't put your amp on it anymore. Two is the price. Yeah, I didn't see a price. What do you think? What are you guessing?
1: It's just a cabinet too, it so is. it's like, I mean, a high price would be like two grand.
0: Twenty six hundred.
1: Yeah. Ew.
0: yeah that that hurts <sighs> yeah it does hurt that hurts that's um, more than you know although a full the half stack if you can
1: run it with one of them you know 500 hundred dollar pedals sure. that's like an amp in a box thing that's you know it's three thousand dollar you know give Running, or take.
0: That, that, that is really flip, flipping the script on the way we have Budgeted for our amps for a long time. <laughs> yeah, now. I know, right? You throw the thousands the cheap head into the with head the expensive. Head. Exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's usually the
0: way opposite. I remember in one of my early bands when we first were like, we're gonna get like good rigs and stuff. The first thing I made us invest in was better cabinets because we had, like, shitty yeah. heads and stuff. And I was like, no, we're going to get, like, good, solid Marshall 4x12s. But uh, even with the shitty heads? The and shittier then it, heads. we instantly sounded a thousand times really? better. Really? Oh, yeah. You know,
1: that's funny. When In my first or one of my first bands, I had, yeah, I got a 115 from, like, Garage Sale or, like, mm-hmm. Craigslist or something and uh it was very heavy it was no name it had the rat fur all over it oh, in yeah. black with the big plastic corners and stuff oh yeah Maybe and I, a port a pl- plastic
0: yeah, port yeah and somewhere. i think i
1: paid like 80 bucks for it in fact you know what it had uh instead of like the actual jack plate in the back it was just a wire hanging out with like the plug in like the quarter inch plug in Perfect. it was like two wires that ran in you know just straight whole homemade speaker, job or the th- completely homemade yeah. and the the tip of the iceberg was uh russ went to go pick it up for me my my dear friend russ yeah Went to go grab it from this house because I was busy that day, and he grabbed it and he fell down the stairs, and it oh, fell. Geez. It fell on him.
0: Those aren't light. No, dude, it weighed easily like eighty pounds. As like much this. as he does. Yeah,
1: yeah, at the time for sure. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right though. That's funny. And then I had a good like SWR head, and I was always like, I was okay with my sound, mm-hmm. but it was funny. It wasn't until I got the orange that I was like, oh yeah, Different. this
0: this sounds much. So better. it's it's another one of those situations where it's like I'm very hesitant because of the price, but also. Dang, if it really does do all the stuff that it says I would I want I want more dispersion. I want more reach. I want it to be way lighter. Yeah, I want all that stuff. So let me try it. I wonder. I mean, I'm just trying to think of like.
1: Like, yeah, like who would buy it? I mean, definitely the people who you have a lot of money to spend. You don't want to have a lot of weight. And again, like what do you use as a head? Let's say you do have a head that you already like that. Maybe you spent a lot of money on maybe a nice Bogner or something Mm -hmm. like that. You just set it on the ground. I That's why I don't do. know.
0: You or get like a little like a a rolling like a rack wheelie case for ro- it. Oh yeah, like a wheelie stand. But then you're then it's, but then you're so just much adding. To carry around. Yeah, I, it, it's a logistical nightmare. To me, unfortunately, this is the type of product for the for the company to succeed. People need to buy into this, right? Or they need to license it to somebody, which would also be dope because yeah. then you can get someone else's oh, muscle yeah. behind it. But if not, people need to buy this. However, I'm sure this is going to be the sort of thing where it's like it's twenty six hundred now. But we can get the price down, a certain amount, and that's what they're going to need to do to succeed. Because yeah. it's going to take a lot to convince Joey Butafuco coming in <laughs> off the street,
1: <laughs> mean guitar player, dude, uh,
0: to say, "Hey, you know how you're like, you would think twenty six hundred is a lot to pay yeah. for a head, right? Like, you need to pay that for the cabinet, for the cab, now. and also you can't put your head on there anymore.
1: Yeah, your expensive head that you already bought." Mm-hmm. yeah it's a tough one it's a, that's a tough one yeah I, I think when i sent it to you i think i forgot it was just a cab i thought yeah. it was a powered a powered thing It is not which maybe they can work on that technology too you know next if maybe they can license it or something i don't know
0: um i don't either but i still want to play one i want to hear one I'm yeah, sure yeah, i really want to experience that yeah so send us one guys and we'll, we'll check hey out. eminent send us the
1: stuff did they say what brand speakers they use? Or they make them Eminent. Okay. It's a
0: new, it's a new, it's, I mean, they, it's a whole new separate, it's right. the, they don't use speakers. It's a, whatever, electromagnetic, electromagnetic oh, actuators. That's right. Correct.
1: Okay. So. Yeah, I really got to hear one of these now. Yeah,
0: man. baby. That's cool. Damn, that's been a beefer, dude. We've had a lot of gear that we've been talking about. In this a lot month. of new stuff. I mean, Nam was just around the corner. Just around the corner. Got to talk about a lot of our friends. Yeah. Got to talk with my friend about a lot of our yeah, friends. Yeah, buddy. Love to hear that. So love you, Dave. Love you, Thanks buddy. Thanks for being here. Friends, if you made it this far, we're really thankful for you. So thankful for, for listening, and, and we genuinely mean that. But if you did make it this far, why don't you go make some music? Yeah.